Welcome, friends, to the Agora Network Ministries program, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and stigma inside the walls of the church. Through interviews, stories, and Christ-centered devotionals, along with dialogues with leading Christian mental health professionals and network ministries, our hope is that you, the listener, will learn and experience that hope and healing can be found in a holistic approach for body, soul, and spirit. Our prayer is that you become more aware about the importance of your mental health and be willing to make the changes you need to become a healthier you, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, welcome to this program. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you could join us today for this segment of Pastor to Pastor. If you've been following the past months, you know that we care deeply for the mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being of our pastors. We've covered issues ranging from trauma that pastors face and how to work through healing. We've discussed suicide, particularly as it pertains to pastors and their mental health, where to find help and how churches can support those pastors who are struggling. Most recently, uh, I spoke with Chuck DeGroat, who wrote the book, When Narcissism Comes to Church. And that was a very important topic of narcissism in pastors and church systems even, and the wounding and the trauma it causes, and also ways to confront it and deal with it. Uh, it's a conversation that the church is just now beginning to have and is really at the heart of some of the biggest issues facing the church. Um, uh, that was a tough conversation to have with Chuck. Uh, but today we're starting the conversation on something very dear to my heart, and I believe the heart of discipleship, and that is soul care. Um, we often hear about self-care, taking time out for self, usually meaning uh, taking healthy breaks, uh, some physical care, um, good nutrition, adequate sleep, time off, all of that. We don't often talk about soul care. And soul care is about, well, caring for your soul, taking the time to get away, to shut off the world and deepen your relationship with Jesus through spiritual practices like solitude and silence, fasting, prayer, um, scripture, and letting the Holy Spirit nourish your soul through all of that. And just learning to become, to come into the presence with, with Jesus. Uh, something takes place when we intentionally step aside and intentionally go into the presence of Jesus. And so my guest today is Kathy Gates. And Kathy is a good friend of mine, a spiritual director of sorts, you could say for me. Uh, Kathy is the director of Thrive Ministries here in the Niagara region of Southern Ontario. Kathy's public health background, she was a nurse for 20 years, I believe, and uh, her background gives her a unique perspective as a person of faith and as a person in ministry. And 
she encourages Christian leaders to thrive in all areas of ministry. Some of her specific areas of interest are burnout prevention and healing from life and ministry experiences through formational prayer. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you for taking the time to join me here. So good to be here, Alan. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> you are more than welcome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so you and I have been connected for a while, and I praise God for that. Um, I just wanted to say up front um, that I want to thank you in front of everybody for being part of my journey through a very tough period of my life, my ministry. You were key in that part of that journey, and I'm still on that journey going to Soul Focus, which we may talk about a little bit later. Um uh, with some other pastors and getting to the heart of the matter. It's been a pleasure. So we're just going to have a conversation about this soul care stuff. Sure. And why it's so important. So you also work with healing care ministries as a leader and a trainer, right? Informational prayer stuff. I um, do. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. You and I, um, um, some of us just went through the some of the training for formational prayer, which was pretty amazing. Uh, but God also laid on your heart the soul care needs of pastors, and so Thrive Ministries was birthed. What brought you to that point? Um, well, you know what? I really, as I thought about this, I thought, you know, it really started um, when God really awakened me to his presence in my life. I was a Christian, but he awakened me to his presence and um, and His that he was working in my life. And really, I go back to a key moment late 20s when even though I grew up in the church um, you know I wandered away like a lot of teens and young adults do and when I was in my late 20s I was very very ill was in hospital I had a, a little two-year-old at the time so um, you know being in that kind of a state was uh, very scary for me and um, I happened to be in a Catholic hospital and so every room had a cross on the wall and I remember being awake in the middle of the night, really being concerned that I was going to die, which was a possibility with what I was facing. And um, I kind of, I kind of uh, looked, uh, looked up, and the street light was shining right on the cross on the wall. And so I gave mm. my life to the Lord. I just said, you know, it was one of those. If you get me out of here, prayers, um, I will dedicate <laughs> my life to you. But I knew I was serious. It truly was from my heart. And so, you know, God used that experience about 15 or 16 years later when he called me out of this, you know, career I'd had in public health, which I loved what I was doing, and called me into ministry. And he took me right back to that room as part of the process of calling me into ministry. And so um, I wound up spending three years in, a, in an executive pastor's role in a large evangelical church. And that church went through uh, a lot of turmoil um, when I was on staff there. And um, at the end of that three-year time, um, I was basically forced to resign. And uh, I was in rough shape, very rough shape. I didn't know if I was sane. <laughs> I didn't know if I was a leader. Uh, and I didn't know if, you know, what God was doing in my life. Um, so I wound up going to a place called Alongside in the, the U.S. I could not find a place in Canada to get help. And so I went to Alongside, which is in um, uh, Michigan. 
and spent three weeks there with a, you know, their, their, their words there are, you know, uh, they are a place for people in leadership, church leadership who were uh, burned out, burned up, or had been burned at the stake. And I felt like all, all three. <laughs> all was three. that was that their tagline? That line? was their tagline at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I spent three weeks there. I learned a lot about myself and what got me kind of into the state I was in. But I also, by the end of it, God had given me a vision for a ministry. Uh, the three years mm. that I spent in leadership, the counselor I had at alongside said, said that I'd experienced more in ministry than most pastors do in a lifetime. And so I thought, well, thanks, Lord. <laughs> that was just really great. <laughs> um, but it prepared me for what he was calling me to do. It was part of it. And so, you know, the, the um, vision for Thrive was born at that time. So that was back in 2003. But it wasn't until 2012. So, you know, visions sometimes take a long time to, to be, yeah. uh, to come into to reality. So it was in 2012 that Thrive was actually started to, to function. And during that period of time, um, I knew God had called me to this. I was kind of dabbling in it uh, when I was, you know, in the States. Um, but uh, I needed more <laughs> refining by the Lord before I was ready to do what I'm doing. So I spent, uh, you know, some time in the ditch where I learned that Jesus meets us there. And um, so that all of that experience kind of brought me to understand that people in church leadership are human beings. They're, they're fallible, mm -hmm. just like every other human being. And often they're isolated. Uh, I really experienced firsthand what it's like to have people try and remove you from leadership, who um, oppose you, uh, all of the things that can happen in church that we wish didn't happen. And, um, and I also realized that even as a mature Christian, um, my own life journey told me that I can do some pretty I'm going to say dumb things and get into um, get into the ditch in my life. Um, and and so I realized that other leaders, the same thing happened. We sometimes wake up and say, what in the world has happened to my life? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and so um, so it's really put a burden on my heart for people in leadership because so often it is. Um, it's hard to uh, actually deal with what's going on in your life because it's not safe to be honest. Uh, oh, with, that's such a powerful statement it, right it's there. It's not safe to be honest with so many people, right? Because your very livelihood can be threatened if you're honest with the wrong people. And so that's part of what Thrive is about is to be a safe place where people in leadership can just spill the beans, so to speak, uh, with safe mm -hmm. people who, you know, it's not going anywhere. And, um, and, and we can, you know, we walk with people through that, point them to Jesus and help them, you know, get through the other side. So that's where it came yeah. from. Wow. But that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, seriously. Um, and I thankfully have been a recipient of that um, part of it. So what are you seeing, uh, with pastors and their need 
for their own soul care. I mean, what are we seeing in pastors overall that this this needs to we need to wake up to this? You and I were talking about some recent um, studies that have come out. You know this. I know this because we both deal with pastors. And I've been a pastor for a long enough time and have been around pastors to know this stuff too. So what is it? What is it that you're seeing? What is the stuff that comes out when when you're working with pastors? Well, um, you know, when you look at research, they talk about burnout rates and depression rates that are probably, you know, depression rates are in the neighborhood of of 50% with pastors. And Mm -hmm. uh, we know that pastors uh, are at risk emotionally. The, you know, divorce rates are pastors get divorced. <laughs> right, Alan? Yep. They do. Yep. And so so those problems are there, but it's you know, it's interesting what what I see when um when I'm meeting with pastors or people in church leadership is the first thing that I that I see is that they are uh they've come to a point where they're uh they're kind of at wit's end. I love using that term. They're at wit's end. And part of the reason for that is that pastors are not aware of how they're doing so there isn't a lot of self-awareness and not only not only are they not self-aware but they're not aware that they're not (laughs) self-aware that is very true and so that's that's a problem and often they present with ministry challenges or challenges in their personal lives or relationships so in other words life and ministry are being affected and um usually they're experiencing what I would call emotional turmoil. Emotionally, they're having problems. Either their anger is spewing out everywhere, or uh, for others, there's this this sadness, like a depression that has set in, or um, or it could be anxiety. So they're, they're experiencing emotional turmoil. And, um, and often, they're their behavioral responses in their situations are they're bo- it's bothering them because they don't like mm-hmm. what they're doing um, as they respond. And so they get they they find they're stuck in patterns of like control or micromanagement or workaholism or people pleasing or um, things like uh, you know the need to perform, feeling like you have to strive for, to achieve. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that a lot of pastors are actually, you know, when you look at what's going on beneath the surface, they are seeking to have their, what I would call a God-given core longings met through their work or through relationships or whatever. Yeah. And um, and another thing that usually comes out is that there's a, dis- they feel a disconnection with God. Wow. So their their relationship with the Lord is distant. And when I hear that, I automatically go to when the pressures of our external world and our unresolved inner issue issues collide. We get disconnected from the source of life who is God. Oh, that is wow. So true because this has been coming up even with our my previous conversations, uh, especially the last one with Chuck DeGroat, um, that there's this point. Uh, why, for instance, uh, is there a significant issue of pastors who struggle with narcissism? Uh, narcissism comes from unresolved, unhealed wounds in our lives. Now, 
psychotherapy can help to a degree. You and I have talked about this too. Psychotherapy is important. I mean, both of us have experienced good counseling to kind of help us identify stuff and maybe even um, develop healthy um, ways of coping and dealing, behavioral therapy kind of stuff. But that is one side of it, right? But there's this other side that says, well, wait a minute. Uh, while, you know, while it's important for us to look at the mental emotional piece, we know it has a deeper root. Uh, and as you and I have both experienced, that, that my experience has been a lot of pastors haven't taken that journey, is to go deeper below the surface, right? Uh, because sure, we can learn coping mechanisms to deal with the struggles we have, the depression or whatever, how we see it manifesting. Oh, what do we need to do if we're a people pleaser kind of person, if that's our natural personality, because that's how we've learned to guard ourselves. If we never get to the deeper issues and find healing there. So yeah, we can expose the issues with, with psychotherapy, but the healing really comes, like the true deep healing comes when we let Jesus into those, what is it? We just went through the formational prayer thing, the, the little nesting spots in our wounds, right? And so how do we get there? Like, what does soul care look like uh, as you understand it and have experienced it? Um, and why, maybe why is it so difficult for Christians to work on soul care, which is such a key component of discipleship, right? And possibly even more difficult for pastors. Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a look at the first part of it. You know, what does it look like? How do we understand it and experience yeah, it? Yeah. So, soul care. you know, first of all, I think soul care is a heart journey. It's, it's not a head mm -hmm. journey. It's a heart journey. So in other words, um, you know, generally um, we need to have this deep desire to know God at an experiential level. And if we don't have that, we need to be asking God to give us that deep desire because that relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord is the most important relationship we have in our lives. And I think at times our very lives depend on it. And, yeah, so, exactly. and so it's very, very important. So it's not a left brain cognitive journey. It's a heart journey. Um, yeah. uh, I find that pastors are not short on knowledge about God. They, they tend to be a little bit short on knowledge of God. So the other, um, the other thing that I know about it is that it's a hard journey. Yeah, yeah, that's so for sure. It is, it's difficult because God works in the ditches more than he does in, on the mountaintop. Yes. That's where the transformation happens. And it's a long journey. It's a lifelong journey. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we are never done till we get home with the Lord. <laughs> till we're there. Um, the other th thing I like to look at with, with soul care is there's kind of three focuses. There's, there's that upward journey to our relationship with God. And you just said it. It requires alone time. It requires spiritual disciplines. It, um, you know, it, we, the other thing that can be helpful is learning your spiritual temperament. So, you know, how you connect best with God so that you can spend time doing that. And yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like that your spiritual temperament, I've not 
heard it talked about like that. Because I know the way I connect with God um, may be similar, but is different than the way you connect with God. I thrive in certain environments, in even in my alone time, that would drive other people crazy, or they just don't go there, right? Um, exactly. So yeah. yeah, that is that's awesome. We'll yeah. have to talk more about that at some point. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. And, you know, Gary Thomas years ago wrote a book called Spiritual, I think it's called Spiritual Pathways. And I believe he's a Canadian. Um, and you can even go online and, and Google uh, Gary Thomas Spiritual Pathways and you can find questionnaires that will help you identify. So it's very easy to, you don't have to buy the book. You can, you can go online and get that information, but it is very helpful. The other thing that I think part of the upward journey is our connection with God is that we have lost our present moment focus. We are so mm. focused on what's coming or what has happened in the past that we're rarely able to be present with other people, you know, fully present. Um, and to be fully present with God is, you know, I think we all experience that when we sit with, with the Lord. Sometimes we can't even uh, stop thinking about what we need to be doing. Mm, right. So That's that, absolutely true. Yeah. So to be fully present and to get to the point where all that stuff stops and you actually can hear God's voice. Uh, that's So that's part of the upward journey of um, soul care. And then there's the inward journey. And you've alluded to that. And that's paying attention to what's going on inside of us. What's When, when does that emotional turmoil come up? When do we behave in ways that we don't like? Uh, that are not helpful, that are hurtful to other people, or even to ourselves. And being able to to um, go to the Lord with all of that and seek his guidance, seek his healing in that. And, um, you know, learning what the lies are in our lives that we live by, that are, that are driving us to behave in ways that um, are not Christ-like. And, um, and yeah, like I said, learning to go to the Lord with all of that. And that journey in my own life, it took a long time for me to reach the point where I was willing to do the inward journey. And basically, I was afraid of what I might find. And right. um, yeah, I was afraid of what I might find. But after having uh, engaged in this inward journey, like I experienced so much more peace and rest in my life. It's amazing. So that inward journey is an important one. And then there's the outward journey. Then we're ready for ministry. I mean, we do ministry <laughs> in our broken state, but we're really ready for ministry when we've got the other two upward and inward journeys in place. Then ministry yes. becomes more, more effective. So, so that's kind of like, you know, the big picture of soul focus, what it is, yeah. soul care. And there's a lot there. I mean, we could spend the rest of our time just talking about um, the rhythms. And, and and I think I want to do a little bit more of that. Like I said at the beginning that we, we kind of, um, before we started, that, you know, we kind of let it unfold itself a little bit too here. And you mentioned that upward journey and then that inward journey. Uh, both of us have cited Peter Scazzaro before. And... One of the things recently, um, I listened to his podcast too and read his stuff and talking about, you know, it's impossible to be, uh, if you're emotionally unhealthy, to be spiritually healthy. Um, 
and that is the the upward and the inward coming together right um so how do you see that like as we develop healthy rhythms with god of the upward how does that work then toward the inward you know I, you know i'll speak of my own experience going on retreats because i i started to go on silent retreats four or five years ago and um and the first time i went i was a bit unnerved because as things quieted in my mind and i really started to hear the lord the first thing I heard was uh, pointing out a character flaw of mine. <laughs> and it was so blatant. And I just thought, oh, well, this is a great way to start. <laughs> um, but I think when we get alone with the Lord like that, he does help us to see what's there that, that we often will deny exists. Yeah. So even though deep down we kind of know, but we put on this front that, no, I don't have an anger issue or no, I'm not critical or judgmental or no, I'm not, you know, um, oriented to uh, my own uh, power <laughs> in my position or whatever it is. But but when we get along with the Lord, he begins to point these things out. Um now, that's not, you know, I would like to finish by saying, uh, you know, when I go on a silent retreat, that's not how God ends with me. But he usually starts that way. And he wants mm -hmm. me to work on something of my character while I'm there. And then, you know, then there's a lot of other wonderful um, soul uh, filling times with him. Um, so I think that an, unless we're willing to hear from God and to be in his presence uh, enough to hear from him uh, we um you know we won't be aware at times of some of the issues that we have and i think that we have to get to a point where we trust him and we know him well or better mm -hmm. than we do you know when we're when we're not going to him so that he is we trust him to heal us because the other thing i'm i'm learning and working with pastors and church leaders is they don't really always trust god Wow. So it's hard to go to God. <laughs> that's, an, that's an oxymoron right there. That's like, what? I know. It's hard to go to God with your deepest stuff if you don't trust him. Yes. I am so glad that Kathy could join me. And as you could tell, she's very passionate about what God has called her to and the heart and the soul of pastors. As you can tell, the conversation did go on longer, and it is continued on our podcast at Hope for the Agora. Just look under Pastor to Pastor, and you will be able to pick up the rest of the conversation. Of course, with Kathy, it just gets better. I want to encourage you as pastors to not be afraid of the journey. As Kathy said, Sometimes we have a hard time trusting in God. We do all this work for the kingdom and we work hard at preparing good sermons and blessing others and being available for others. But unless we really fully trust God and are willing to go deep with him, we cannot find the healing he truly wants to give to us as we go deeper into those places maybe we don't want to but it is truly important if we are going to live into the calling that God has laid on our hearts. Once again, thank you for joining me at Pastor to Pastor. 
As always, you can get a hold of me at Allen, A-L-L-E-N, at agoranetworkministries.com. And give me some feedback if you want us to cover certain topics. Just let me know. May God bless you in the work he's called you to. As we conclude our program, we want to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. For more information about Agora, we invite you to journey through our website, www.agoranetworkministries.com. Also, please subscribe while there. Or email us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. Until next time, may you know and experience the hope and healing that comes from the greatest healer, Jesus Christ.